Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders Podcast, episode 69. Hi, I'm Andrew Gross. Please find me on Twitter at A Gross Newsday and also via Newsday Islanders Text, your direct connection to one on one communication with me and other Newsday staffers covering the team. Text 631 303 3766. That number again is text 631 303 3766 or go to newsday.com backslash Isles text to start your 14 day trial subscription. And the Islanders are finally going to get back to playing some hockey on Saturday as they host the Pittsburgh Penguins at Nassau Coliseum. Uh, If you recall the previous episode when I spoke to Mike Harrington of the Buffalo News, this was supposed to be the conclusion of a three-game homestand. Instead, it winds up sort of being a a one-game homestand, really, because the Islanders play the Rangers at Madison Square Garden on Monday before getting back. Uh, They play the Islander, uh, they play the Rangers at the Garden on Saturday before coming back to the Coliseum on Monday. I'm going to be joined in a minute by our Rangers beat writer, my friend Colin Stevenson. You know him, you love him, you've heard him here, and he's going to bring some uh, insight both into uh, uh, what's going on with the Rangers and uh, setting up that matchup with the Islanders, and also we're going to talk a little bit about What's going on around with the league? Uh, The reason the Islanders did not have two games on Tuesday and Thursday, the two games against the Buffalo Sabres, is because the Sabres uh, are having a COVID outbreak, and that follows playing the New Jersey Devils, who, uh, as of Friday, still have 17 players on the league's COVID protocol list. So the Sabres are on hiatus, uh, postponed through Monday. Uh, the Rangers were supposed to play the Devils on Saturday. That game is not happening as the Sabres are on hold. The Wild and the Avalanche are also on hold right now. So we'll talk about that with Colin. But first, Colin, my friend, how are you? Let's uh, let's delve into some uh, Islander Rangers here. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Uh, it's been a it's been a, a pretty eventful week and. In uh, you know, in Rangers land and Stevenson land, uh, my snowblower broke on uh, Tuesday, I guess it was. So wait, so we had the big snow Sunday night, and then Monday covered the game from home Monday, and thought you know, well, I'll just do the snowblower thing on Tuesday, and then you know, it broke halfway through. So me, my wife, and uh, our son, who's home. Uh, you know, I had to finish the driveway with shovels the old fashioned way. So that's, uh, you know, hold my aching back, as they say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's what I've been telling everyone that uh, like everyone in uh, on the East Coast or <laughs> my back's aching right now, too. I, me and Aleve have become best friends this week. So. <laughs> Let me ask you something. You've been on this podcast multiple times. You were a uh, you're you're the leader in the clubhouse with appearances on the uh, Island Ice podcast. I think just edging our, our good friend Neil Best. You mentioned your wife, and, and I'm just curious here: Has your wife ever listened to you on this podcast? 
Not a chance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and the reason I ask is, is my wife, who I, I, I could do episodes on how great a woman my wife is. She loves podcasts. She has a 45-minute drive to work in the morning, and she drives home 45 minutes at night. And she selects a podcast to go up and a podcast to come back. <laughs> and you know, finally, where are you going with this? I don't know where you're going with this. Well, it finally did, you know, she was talking to our daughter the other day and uh, telling my daughter about a great podcast she listened to. And I said, you know what, hon? The one thing I've never heard you say is you heard you listen to a great Islanders podcast. So I, I just wanted to see if that was me or if that was, uh, you know, I, I had some company in that. So the good news is my wife doesn't listen to this podcast either. The bad news for you, unfortunately, is that my wife doesn't listen to podcasts. So, you know, I, you know, I don't know what to tell you, but uh, you know, maybe you got to market it better, I, I guess. I don't I don't know. You want me to talk to her? Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe we'll get her on as a guest the next time. <laughs> yeah, do that. That'll work. <laughs> we can bring both uh, your wife and my wife on and do an episode on, on why our spouses just don't want to hear us on, the, uh, on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that might be funny. <laughs> well, uh, so anyway, so... Islanders Rangers on Monday and I know uh, the the Islanders have this game against the Penguins on Saturday so I'm sorry to skip ahead here um, but this is what is called in the business an evergreen episode that you can listen to for more than 24 hours. The last time the Islanders and Rangers met was the uh, the first two games of the season and they trade shutouts the Islanders uh, win the opener for nothing at the Garden. And then, and that was a game where the Rangers really didn't, you know, show up or, or have legs or anything. And then two nights later, um, the Rangers beat the Islanders 5-0. And it was the same story in reverse. The Islanders just had no jump, had no legs, and the Rangers just beat them to every puck. And uh, what, are you, what are you expecting Monday when, when these teams meet for a third time at the Garden? You know, I, I don't know. Uh, what I, I, So as we speak, you and I, uh, it's Friday, and then the Islanders will have played a game on Saturday. And so you, the Islanders will have had a game. The, the Rangers uh, were supposed to have a game Saturday against the Devils, but of course the Devils are shut down for the time being. So the Rangers instead will be off. So the Rangers will have last played on Thursday, um, and they'll have to make a decision, first of all, before they even, you know, before any, anything else gets decided, they're going to have to figure out who they want to play in goal for that game Monday. Because as, as Islander fans, I'm sure well know, Alexander Georgiev kind of owns the Chiefs. I mean, he owns the Islanders, as it were, you know, two shutouts against them, including the last time they faced each other. And it would normally be a lock for this guy to play against the Islanders. Why would you not play him? But uh, Igor Shesterkin is starting to, you know, he, he started that first game against the Islanders and didn't look very good at all. Um, but he's, his game has come around. He's won three games in a row. Uh, his numbers are coming back to where they should be in terms of goals against, in terms of save percentage and things like that. And he seems much more comfortable and, and having a lot more fun. And the Rangers are playing much better. Now, they will now not have played since Thursday and the Islanders will have had a game on Saturday against the Penguins to, to knock off all the rust that, that the Islanders would have 
you know, no doubt have after sitting at home for a week. So I really don't know what to expect. I mean, I can tell you that I think the Rangers are playing their best hockey of the season right now. Um, and when last we saw the Islanders, they were not playing their best hockey of the season. So, so I ordinarily would say, you know, I think it's going to be a tough go for the Islanders, but you know, you just don't know with these days off and, and, you know, these unexpected and unplanned breaks, um, you know, what's going to end up happening. So, uh, you know, my guess is no better than yours. <laughs> well, yeah. And, you know, we, we keep talking about, you know, the Islanders. And when I say we, every time we get on a Zoom call with Barry Trotz or some of his players, you know, they're talking the talk pretty good about what they need to do to start racking up, you know, some points here. But each game, it seems like there is just enough of a lapse to prevent them from getting two points. Now they got, you know, uh, the last time they played, which will have been, uh, you know, this previous Saturday and Sunday against the Flyers in Philly, they they lost both games in overtime, 3-2 and then 4-3. And again, it, they just had enough bad stretches in each game to, to, to lose out on, on possibly getting four points out of that. You know, they, they had to rally from two goal deficits in each game in each game once in the first period on Saturday. And then uh, in the third period on Sunday, um, it, it sounded like Barry Trotz was none too thrilled after Sunday's game. Uh, just because, like I said, you, you, you keep saying the same things that they got to right. focus on, you know, the small increments. You, you can't worry about the big picture. You got to have some consistency. You got to get, you know, your fourth line setting an identity. You got to get the saves, you know, when you absolutely need them. And, you know, you bring up Shesterk and Ilya Sorokin had his best start as an NHL goalie, albeit, you know, only three, three starts here. He started that second game against the Rangers when the Islanders lost 5 nothing after Semyon Varlamov uh, gets hit, you know, up and under the mask by Cal Clutterbuck's shot. And, and the poor, you know, the, the rookie's got 18 minutes to prepare for his, for, for his <laughs> NHL debut. So um, we say unenviable. Is, is yeah, yeah. No, that was unenviable. Um, you know, as to whether, you know, I, I'm pretty certain that uh, Trotz goes to Varlamov for Saturday's game against the Penguins. Um, it, you know, it'll be a week, exactly a week since Varlamov started in that uh, 3-2 overtime loss in Philadelphia. Um, I think you got to get him back in and, and you know, because he's he's clearly your number one goalie right now. You got to get the, uh, you know, Barry Trotz was using some uh, horse riding uh, uh, analogies today. So I'm going to say you, you want to start riding your big horse through the meat of the this season here. You know, he's probably going to be the number one as we go on, but I, I don't rule out Sorokin coming back on Monday against the Rangers, which, you know, I, I agree. I, I think Georgiev gets that start just based on history. Um, but, you know, you're right. Igor started playing well. And, you know, I think if you stretch this out, I, I think David Quinn would probably want Shesterkin to kind of, be his, you know, his big horse. Yes. Well, so as with all things, it's not simple, right? Um, yes. The, the idea always has been that Shesterkin was, was going to be the number one. However, 
they didn't want to just hand it to him. He had to earn it, right? So he had to get in and yes, he got the first start, didn't look great. Uh, they started Yorgiev the next day, he pitches a shutout. But I think, you know, the, the idea, and Quinn announced this literally a week ago. He said, listen, Chesterkin had won his first game in Buffalo, it was in overtime. We thought, okay, here you go. Now you can play him again and kind of get him going. And he came back with Georgiev last Saturday against Pittsburgh. And, and his reasoning was, listen, we're going to alternate the goalies for a while. We're going to go into a rotation because we want to get them both going. At that time, neither one of them had started particularly well. So his thought was, listen, let's let's get them alternating. And um, this way, at least they'll know what's going on. They won't be looking over their shoulders. And regardless of whether they play well or not, we're going to alternate. But then, you know, to catch up your, your uh, Islander fan uh, podcast listeners who may not have been, you know, hanging on every word that I wrote on the Rangers this past week, uh, we, had, we had some issues following that game against Pittsburgh last Saturday, which was there was uh, allegedly reportedly a fight between uh, Alexander Georgiev and defenseman Tony D'Angelo. And what happened was they put D'Angelo on waivers the next day because he had, you know, had a long list of transgressions on and off the ice. uh, And they had warned him that, listen, the next thing that happens, we're going to put you on waivers. And so this was the next thing. They put him on waivers on Sunday um, and Georgiev didn't practice on Sunday. It, Monday was Shesterkin's turn to play. So Shesterkin played, Georgiev backed up. And then Thursday was Georgiev's turn to play, according to the uh, rotation. And they changed their minds and said, you know, it's been a tough 48 hours for, for Alex. Let's, uh, let's go back to Shesterkin. He played well. You know, let's give Alex another day. And, of course, what does Shesterkin do? He plays great. So now you have the question of, as I said earlier, um, yes, Georgiev eats the Islanders for lunch for the most part. Um, and Shesterkin, so far as we know, doesn't necessarily. <laughs> but if Shesterkin's going to be your number one and he's won three games in a row, he's including, you know, starting the last two and winning them both, you know, do you want to play Shesterkin? So that's a long-winded way of saying I do agree with you that I do still think they're going to go with Georgiev because if they don't go with Georgiev against the Islanders, when and where are they going to play him again? Uh, So I think they will go with Georgiev Monday, but you know, it's sort of, you know, I can't, I can't promise you a hundred percent or 99%. I mean, you know, there is a chance that they could go to Shesterkin, which brings us to the point that, maybe we could finally get that Shesterkin-Sorokin matchup if, uh, you know, we've, we've been dying to see all season long. Yeah, so. no, I, that, that's what I think everyone is rooting for, not that Barry Trotz or, or, or David Quinn are going to take our desires or our needs to have good copy. Uh, in, in. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know, here's the thing. If, if Georgiev plays, and let's say it goes well, and let's just happen to say if the Rangers should happen to win, Jan just may never see Shesterkin. that is is true there are a couple of other things i want to go over with you but first i gotta take this quick break get the latest on the new york islanders when you sign up to receive text alerts all season long 
Newsday's Andrew Gross will text you real-time analysis and behind-the-scenes reporting for $4.99 a month. Go to newsday.com slash IELTS text to get started or text 631-303-3766. That's 631-303-3766 or online at newsday.com slash IELTS text. Colin, I, I mentioned at the top, I did want to talk a bigger picture about what's going on in the NHL. Before getting there, I know this is an Islanders podcast, but I, I've asked you about Long Islanders, and, and you have enough of them on the <laughs> Tell me about Anthony Boteto and, you know, him scoring a goal in his Rangers debut and, you know, kind of give me a sense of, uh, you know, I've talked to Anthony, you know, in his previous NHL stops. What have you heard from him? What have you learned about him so far? Well, I think we've learned the guy's full of personality and we're all going to like him. You know, he's, he's actually spoken to us twice in the last week, right? Because he, he made his debut um, Monday in that game, taking D'Angelo's place. And, you know, he's a lifelong Rangers fan. So, you know, he's talking about how, how it was he was speechless at, at at you know playing his first game with the team and how it actually helped him because there were no fans in the building so you know kind of tamped down the emotion and stuff and then he does that in the next game he just he like wheels i mean <laughs> i was talking to greg gudis who's you know our friend you know our copy editor friend you know and greg was like you know I watched Bobby Orr back in the day and that goal was kind of like something by and, and listen. So, so you got a guy who's comparing Anthony Boteto to Bobby Orr. Okay. I mean, and it, it, it was just, it was stunning to watch. It's just stunning to watch him. It was, you know, I felt great for the guy because it was a, it was a beautiful play. He's a great guy. And, and afterwards, you know, David Quinn was saying, you know, how, there's something to him, personality-wise. The, the, the guys on the team just rally around him. And you know Anthony, he's got a lot of personality. He's a great talker, and he's got that accent. It's unmistakable, you know. <laughs> um, you know, he's from here. He's one of us, for sure. I, Island Park, right? Island Park, yeah. yeah. He's definitely one of us, man. But but no, it was, a, it was a, a wonderful scene, like him just wheeling the puck, you know, and it's on his backhand, and he's like, you know, I think I'm just going to go to the net with this. And, and, you know, guys are calling for the puck, you know, like the other four guys on the ice are probably all calling for it. And he shoots it and he scores and it's the first goal in three years. And it was really cool. I was, I was really happy to see it. And you know what? The other thing is he's played two games uh, for the Rangers now after not having played since, since the shutdown in March. And, you know, he, he's actually been pretty solid in both of them. And now with, you know, with D'Angelo gone for good, you know, the Rangers have said that he's played his final game for them. Um, and with a couple of other injuries, uh, it looks like, um, you know, Boteto is going to be in the lineup, you know, for a little while and, and, and has a chance to kind of lock down a regular spot. So, so good for him. Um, and, and we'll see, uh, you know, hopefully we get a chance to talk to him in the postgame Zooms again. You know, I mean, he's, he's had his chances in the NHL. He's, he's not a kid. He's 30. You know, he's played some for the Predators. He's played some for the Wild a little bit, played for the, uh, for the Winnipeg Jets last season. And, you know, it, it's kind of a neat story that he gets a chance to, uh, you know, play for his, you know, childhood favorite team. Jerry, have you asked him why he didn't grow up an Islanders fan? 
Oh, well, I mean, it, it, he his his whole fi- family are, are Ranger fans, so I mean, yeah. I don't I don't know that he had a choice as far as that was concerned. Yeah, my 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 dad was a Yankee fan. I I, I bleed orange and blue for the uh, for the Mets. I mean, you don't have to go and watch. That. <laughs> That's just you, man. We're gonna call you Rebel Andrew, baby. Yeah, no, I mean, my dad rooted for the Giants. I root for the Jets, and you know what? And that's really served you well over these years, rooting no, for the Jets, no, hasn't? I, I, I probably should have listened to my dad, but you know, <laughs> pretty stubborn. So, uh, but yes. Yeah, so about that COVID thing. <laughs> yeah, look, it's no laughing matter, and no, you know, we were talking to Barry Trotz about it today, and it's not just the players now, um, you know, Pete DeBoer in the, in the Las Vegas Golden Knights, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights staff, you know, had issues there when McCrimmon came down and had to coach uh, for the, for the Vegas team. Um, now Ralph Kruger with Buffalo. Right. <clears throat> right. And, and he's 61. And, yeah. you know, it's, it really isn't a joking matter. Um you know, it's funny because uh, on, well, it's not funny, I should say, it's not a joking matter, but but just to go along with that, as a quick aside, like Capo Caco, who is 19 and going to be 20 this month, he was on the COVID list on Monday, you know, as young as he is, you know, he's a, he's a kid who's a diabetic and has celiac disease, and so he actually is a high-risk uh, person for the disease. So, I mean, like, you know, when, when we saw him on the list, you know, there, there was concern. And now, you know, he was able to get off the list, I think the next day. So obviously it wasn't, it wasn't that he had tested positive, perhaps it was a false positive or, you know, a close contact or something like that. So all's, you know, all turned out well for him at this time, but it is, a, it is a serious, serious thing for some of these older coaches or, or, or guys who have had, or are dealing with, you know, conditions that would make them high risk. Yeah, and Barry Trotz was saying, I mean, he's he's good friends with Ralph Kruger, um, and, yeah. and Barry's Barry's fifty eight, and he said, you know, the crazy thing about COVID is, you know what you have to do, and you can do absolutely everything correct, and you can still get infected. He goes, he has no doubts that Ralph Kruger was following all the protocols and was diligent as heck, and yet, you know because there's a team outbreak he is he is he tested positive it, it's the one thing the nhl has going for it uh as compared to the nba right now is the nhl is not trying to force an all-star game down everyone's throats here yeah, but i don't get that, <laughs> oh, that, that's, I don't get that. No, that, but that's someone else's podcast warrior i i don't have to care why the nba is trying to pull off a Anyway, um, so the NHL is not doing that. The NHL is trying to be, I mean, they're being reactive. You know, they, they, they're trying to be proactive, but they were reactive this week. They're, they're removing the, the glass shielding behind the, the, the benches to try and- I like that improve. idea, actually. I think yeah, that's a great they're idea. Try and improve the air circulation. Um, you know, the, the players are going to be more spread out, you know, maybe even spilling into two dressing rooms. Um, all game day meetings are going to be virtual now, you know, but the one thing that the league got pushback on was this idea of personnel not showing up at the arena until an hour and 45 minutes before the game. And there was a lot of pushback on that. And now the league is saying, well, that's a, a recommendation, not a hard, fast rule. And we talked to Barry Trotz about it today. And he said, you know, you got to be careful 
you can do all this stuff to protect against COVID, but if you don't let the players prepare properly, particularly the older players, you, you don't let them stretch out or, or do their pregame, you know, whatever they have to do to play an NHL game, which is just a trauma to the body, right? Barry Trotz says you're going to have injuries. So now the NHL is saying that hour and 45 minute deal is more of a, a recommendation than a mandate. But uh, still, how much, uh, how do I phrase this question? How much can the NHL stand here before maybe they have to think about taking a step back and taking a pause? How many teams need to go on pause? Well, that's an interesting question. I, I, I don't know the answer to that, obviously, but you know, talk about the NBA. I, I, I look to see what the NBA's deal has been because I read somewhere that they haven't had a case in probably two, two weeks or so, <clears throat> or maybe three weeks. And I know, so I just, you know, real quick, I looked and, you know, maybe about three weeks ago, they had had 16 cases, I think, over the previous two weeks, but they haven't had any since. And so, you know, you wonder if this sort of thing for the NHL is going to go in sort of spurts. You know, one team gets an outbreak, another team gets an outbreak. Like the New Jersey and Buffalo thing makes sense because they played each other. Uh, the, should they have, though? Other, I mean, should the NHL I, – I, I know, you know, that's being questioned now, whether that Sunday game at least should have been played. Right, right. And, and that is something that has to be – you know, figure it out and, and, and negotiate it out between the league and the players association and stuff. I mean, you know, I mean, the, ostensibly they, they played because privacy concerns, I guess. Um, I, I don't know if they knew that Kyle Palmieri, did, you know, Buffalo wasn't aware anyway. Um, and I don't know that it was, you know, because of privacy concerns, if they, if they were allowed to let Buffalo know, I suppose, I guess, I, you know, it's a tricky, dicey thing because privacy concerns are obviously an important thing. You know, you can't just kind of give them away easily. But, you know, at the same time, this virus has forced us all to do stuff that we wouldn't normally do and wouldn't normally want to do. And I, I, I don't know. So they're going to have to figure out what the limits are going to have to be as far as privacy versus safety. You know, you keep hearing talk about, you know, NHL teams, you know, hoping to get some fans back in the stands sooner rather than later. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm a, I'm much more conservative about this, you know, and it's certainly not my wallet that's hurting through all of this, but I, I just feel like there's a lot of, you know, rushing to get somewhere uh, that probably we're not ready to get to yet. And, and, I, I, I'm concerned about this kind of, uh, you know, with blinders on making sure you get through the season. You know what I'm saying? Getting through the season is one thing and getting fans in the buildings is another. I mean, like yeah. I, I think we want to have fans in the building as soon as we can. And there are owners out there who feel like, you know, listen, if we can operate at 25%, capacity and get some paying fans in the building, you know, at least we can get some more revenue. And, and so, you know, there's that money thing that comes into, into the play, but I, I, I would be on the side, you know, cause I remember what it was like, and I'm sure you do too. What was it like in, in the second half of March and the first half of April last, you know, last year after everything shut down, 
and you couldn't go out, it seemed like, and, and you couldn't, um, you know, you couldn't go to a restaurant, you couldn't go out, you know, schools were, you know, were shut. And you couldn't even watch a game on television because there were no games. And yeah. so, you know, I think that I learned at that time, if I didn't know before then, how important sports are to us as a society in terms of giving you a distraction, you know, for two and a half hours, you're, you're focused on this hockey game and you're not thinking about how, how rough life is outside. You know, you're not thinking about the job that you lost or, or, or the, you know, or the person that, you know, that's, that's really super sick or your own fears. You're just focused on that hockey game for two and a half hours. So I do think that there's value in playing um, and, yeah, the owners are going to lose money and the players are going to lose money and everybody's going to lose money, but everybody except for Amazon is losing money during this pandemic, you know? So I think there's value in playing, even if you're losing money. So that's where I'm getting to the, you know, there's a difference between playing yeah. and broadcasting games on television versus playing and then trying to get some fans in so you can make some money. And I, you know, I, I'm, I'm on, I'm on the side of the former and not necessarily the latter. No, and I agree with you, and and I have the same feelings that you know I, I don't know what I would be doing if there was no hockey season right now, or if you know, or if, or if there wasn't a Super Bowl on on Sunday, or you know, there is something to look forward to. And one of the things I'm definitely looking forward to you is uh, waving to you in the press box on uh, Monday at the Garden, <laughs> as we. Uh, kind of remains. Are you coming? Did you, did you put in your request to, uh, to get into the building? I will be there on Monday. I absolutely will be there on Monday. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it, it's, it, I, I look forward to going to those games and seeing a game, you know, the last, the last two Rangers games I've covered from home. Um, one because of the snowstorm and then yesterday because, you know, of other factors, and it, there's nothing like being there for, for, for you and I to be able to, to look on the ice and look where we want to look. And, you know, if we want to look at the bench and see if the, if, if, you know, if there's somebody missing or, yeah. you know, um, to be able to see all that stuff as opposed to waiting for, you know, television to show it to us. Um, you know, I think there's value in it. And plus, you know, from a mental standpoint for you and I to get out of the house, you know, I won't speak for you, but I know for me, you know, it's kind of cool just being, being out and, and, uh, you know, as long as, as long as you can do it safely, um, you know, in the garden, as we know, you know, does, does COVID test us um, before we go and rapid test. So, you know, yeah. so I think that they're doing a lot of the right things and, and uh, you know, so yeah, it's, 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 it's a good thing to look forward to. And like I said, I think these games are important for, for people's sanity, you know, and mental health to just play and be able to kind of take your mind off whatever else is going on for those two hours. But but it is funny because if if the Rangers and and certainly you know since this is an Islander centric podcast if the Islanders are not doing well <laughs> the, the, the fans are not necessarily thrilled. you're saying it doesn't help you know it only <laughs> it only helps if you're winning no, no Islander fans looking at the standings seeing their their team in last place I, yeah. I don't how grateful they are right now that there are games going on i think they're just angry at the team's play so. yes what well, was well, so so here's what i would say like and we we talked about this last time you had me on i mean uh, my my son was ready to you know ready to do you know who knows what and you know i kind of had to you know talk him down a little bit um and i keep trying to come back to yes 
I saw your your story uh, where you say that the Islanders have played what sixteen percent, I think, of their season, and yeah. you know we've, we've talked about you know it's a sprint, not a marathon, and fifty six games, and we're still only you know between nine and eleven games into the season, and yeah. you know, um, the Islanders still have. 47 games to play, um, you know, beginning with Saturday against Pittsburgh, the Rangers have 46. I mean, it's a lot of games still. So, and, and they're all four point games. So the teams that you're chasing are playing each other and taking points off each other. So it's going to be hard for, for uh, those teams at the top right now to kind of run away and hide uh, if they're all going to be playing each other and taking points off each other. So I, I, I think, I think we can, we can hang in there for a little bit longer on their fans. Yeah. What do you say? And, and, you know, I'm still, uh, as we discussed earlier, uh, you know, I'm still picking the uh, the Islanders to be one of the four teams in the East Division, along with the Flyers, the Bruins, and the Caps to, to make the playoffs. I know you have the, uh, the Rangers in that group instead of the Bruins, or that's what you had the last time, although the Bruins are looking okay right now. But uh, yeah, so- yeah. I mean, you know, that's very tricky to say which four are going to make it. Obviously, we don't know who's going to be, you know, COVID cases and injuries and all that kind of stuff. But I do think today what I thought coming into the season, which is that I think the Rangers are good enough to make the playoffs. Um, And I think today what I thought coming into the season, which is that the Islanders are a team built for the playoffs and, and I expect them to to be there, but I, I do have, you know, I mean, it's not a lock by any means because if they're, you know, you're nine games in and yes, there's, you have 47 games to play and, you know, it's not time to panic yet, but, but if you're not getting what you need to get out of that identity line, um, then you need to figure out like, why aren't you getting it? And, and you need to turn it on somehow, because I think, uh, I think they're not going to get there if, if, if those guys don't give them what, what they're supposed to give them. Yeah, no, I agree. And it'll be interesting on Saturday to see how Barry Trotz configures that lineup. But listen, Colin, as I said, um, your next game is Monday against the Islanders at the garden my next game is saturday at the coliseum against the penguins and then i'll see colin at the garden on monday i thank you very much for uh spending a few minutes here on uh on island ice andrew anytime you you, you have me on i have so much fun so please keep, keep it coming buddy well tell your wife <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll tell her tonight <laughs> take care man hey Thank you so much, Colin. And uh, thank you all for listening to episode 69 of Island Ice. And uh, once again, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Agros Newsday. You can find Colin on Twitter at Colin S. Newsday. You can find all the Islanders content at newsday.com backslash aisles. And then for Newsday Islanders texts, Text 631-303-3766. That's 631-303-3766. Or go to newsday.com backslash Isles text to start your 14-day trial subscription. I hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. And I will talk to you again soon. Happy hockey, everybody.